Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Starting out for our first podcast, we're going to recap the newest season of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Psych in Reality. So let's jump on in. Um, this week was really interesting um, with the with the the episode. So I think interesting is a good word. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only word that I could come up with right now. So um, let's just jump on in. They started off episode four with um, Brittany and Yazan. And so we see them, you know, at the airport, which is where we left off last time. And we got a little bit more insight into why he really got so upset. And so mm-hmm. he was mentioning that he felt like she was really disrespectful um, to his culture and that she, you know, had the alcohol in her bag and, and he mm-hmm. was upset about her hugging the production assistant, which we never saw. So it had to happen off camera, uh, but he was really annoyed. And so um, they got into the car and, and there was a little bit of back and forth with him being, you know, upset. Mm-hmm and angry at her and he's like yelling to tell her to like be quiet and um you know he was um, mad hand gesturing hand gesturing um she was also like upset you know because she felt like he was overreacting and that um you know he wasn't allowing her to you know be american and maintain some of her culture but she was expected to like accept everything you know about his culture um and 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 they got to the the hotel and he was still, um, they were both upset at each other. But um, I think for me, I I was really, you know, thinking about how she talked about this sort of past abusive relationship. And obviously we don't know how they're going to pan out in terms of Yazan and Brittany. But um, for me, there were a couple of like moments of like, okay, is this a red flag in terms Mm -hmm. of some toxicity? in terms of their their relationship. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I was very concerned. So I I I get that there was some cultural disrespect and I and I get the feelings that he was having, but the reaction that he had towards her was concerning to me. And and it was just so sad. You could see if you watch Britney, you can see her kind of turn into herself the more aggressive that he got. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and the aggressive part really wasn't just the yelling part. It was the hand gestures towards her face and slapping his mouth as far as for her to shut up. Um, those ended up being really concerning for, concerning for me. And then the gaslighting that happened. So he yells at her. He essentially tells, halas, halas. He's telling her enough, 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 you know, using hand gestures to shut up. And then she becomes really quiet, starts crying. And he asks her, why is she crying? I'm, she's crying because of her behavior. So, and then he gets, he gets very gentle. So it's, it's just kind of, I, I'm, I'm starting to see some, some pieces that are definitely toxic mm-hmm. and, and warning signs that, I, w- I mean, I was saying to the screen, you know, Brittany, it might be time for you to go home mm-hmm. at this point in time, because she never saw this before. 
and the fact that it happened right in that instance. And again, it's his actual response. That was so concerning. Right. Um, I wonder if they're going to end up talking about that and her saying how that's not okay or not appropriate, or if we're going to see more of that. And again, this is with cameras rolling. So I worry about what happens when the cameras are not rolling. Right. What, what's the, what's the attitude? How is he responding? Yeah. And, and how's I, she going to tell him she's still married? Right. And that's what I was going to say. Like, you know, she, she mentioned about wanting to have that conversation with him, but because of his, you know, attitude and behavior in the car at the airport, it made her be resistant to sort of have mm-hmm. that conversation. And so it made me think about once, uh, what was the extent of the like abuse of her past relationship? Was there both physical and emotional abuse? Because I mm-hmm. feel like some of what was happening in the car was, you know, like a potential of like, this could turn into like a relationship where there's a lot of emotional abuse, even if it doesn't get physical. Uh, with mm-hmm. her, but also just sort of being curious about what are the dynamics of sort of the this, these masculinity norms within his culture mm-hmm. and how that also might be playing out with, in terms of like him being really um, sort of controlling and restrictive in terms of her actions and behaviors and how that might make it very difficult for her in terms of adjusting to not just living in Jordan, but now she's away from her family, she doesn't have because sort of support. So all of those yeah. things might make it really difficult for her to make that transition and, and feel welcome and comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still calling it. I do not feel they are going to make it through the whole season. I feel that this is, I, I will be surprised. I feel that this is one of the couples that just the relationship just ends at a certain mm-hmm. point during this, this season. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I just, I don't see anything positive coming up yet. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of stuff to work through. So obviously, yeah. like the cultural stuff um, with, with him wanting her to convert um, to, to his religion and, and then his parents and their family um, dynamics and sort of what those expectations are. And, and she is, is pretty firm in that she wants to hold on to her own sense of identity in terms of like being American. And so I think mm-hmm. they have a lot of challenges to work through. So we'll have to see, you know, how this goes in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> so who's next? So who, well, we have Devin and Jihoon. So we start with Devin is on a plane with her kids and her mom, who I will speak about shortly headed to South Korea. Um, Devin talks about the reservations that she has, which she should. And then we have Jihoon, who is packing at the last minute right. and preparing <laughs> at his parents' house. And it's interesting because I didn't know this about Jihoon. He mentions that he's never lived by himself. He's always lived with his parents. So I'm curious about how that shift is going to be, living now with your wife and two children. Um, I also wondered about why he hasn't looked at the apartment that his wife got because he actually is in South Korea that he could take a look at it and set it up you know they're they're on a long trip so to be able to come back that would be nice um it's interesting to see Jihoon's mother talk about Devin and how Devin isn't really living up to the daughter-in-law that she had hoped for and mm-hmm. she expresses how it, it seems like culturally uh, daughter-in-laws 
uh, tend to be more sweet and, and cute and personable with, mm -hmm. with their mother-in-laws. And that's something that I remember her talking about this last season that she didn't get from Devin, even though Devin was, you know, pretty polite and, and seemed really respectful, but she's not, she doesn't have that bubbly personality. Mm -hmm. Um, so we already hear this forewarning from Jihoon about Devin and his mother potentially getting along and what might be some issues with that, which I, I predict something's going to come up. And then we have Jihoon and his parents going to pick up Devin, the kids, and her mother, Alicia. I want to call her Felicia, but Alicia. And, and Jihoon is already worried about Devin's mother. Uh, it started out being a cute reunion. He's excited to see uh, Drusilla, gives her a huge hug. The, his parents seem really excited to see Devin. And then you have Devin's sorely, surly uh, mother, who already, you can tell she's tired from the flight, has mm -hmm. a bad attitude, initially didn't want to hug uh, the in-laws, but then hugs them pretty aggressively. Um, and then the bad attitude continues as they yeah. get into the car and start driving. And it's the attitude that I hate that I have seen the American partners typically exhibit on 90 Day Fiance. And that's this attitude of, why are things like this? It's not my way. We don't do this in America. So I just, it just felt really sad. It was just a yeah. bad impression. You're in someone else's country. You're meeting other family members for the first time stick a smile on your face. Yeah. It's not that hard, you know, to be pleasant. She curses, she criticizes the driving, which did look a little scary, mm -hmm. but it could have just been quiet. Um, and she just continues to complain and complain. And she has more to complain about because they finally get to the apartment that Devin had set up. And apparently everyone agrees, including Jihoon's mom, that this is in a bad neighborhood. And why right. didn't Jihoon check this out? in the first place. Um, Which also, I think, you know, not to cut you off, but I think going back to a point that you mentioned earlier that his mom seemed to have some concerns about, you know, why did Devin find the place and like you didn't go like yeah. it out and, and given that you live there, so you would know or have a better sense of like which areas might, you know, be more safe or like your family and your kids, given that they mm -hmm. are new you know, to, to South Korea. Um, and so I thought that was a, a major, like, concern that popped up uh, for them. And obviously, I think, you know, which we'll probably see in the future, that um, Devin's mom is going to flip out, which they didn't really get to that in this episode. <laughs> but I can yeah. see that coming. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she already said, she said she was losing her, her, her mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. She was losing it already. I, I, I don't foresee that this is going to go well, especially when Jihoon has to tell them that he essentially does not have money. He does not have things together the way they were supposed to be. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he is, he's not going to live up to Devin's mom's expectations. Um, but I don't think he's going to live up to Devin's expectations. Either. Oh, yeah, he is underwhelming. Yes. Like he, I mean... <laughs> I don't even know where to start because I feel like <laughs> he's he's mentioned so many things that he's not really ready to be an adult right now. No, so, no. Like you, you've lived at home, like which again, like people do it, and people have certain circumstances that they may have to go mm -hmm. with their parents. 
Um, but you knew that she was coming and, and you're just packing like the day of her arrival to like get your stuff together <laughs> to move. So that's sign number one that you're not ready to, to be responsible. Um, and then two, when you, when you go to the airport, I think you're, you're not sort of prepared in terms of like how, how do we need to situate everybody to, to get from the airport to this new place, knowing that mm-hmm. um, there are certain limitations with like the kids and, and baby seats. And obviously you want to try to, to make, well, you would assume that he would want to, to, to make her mom feel you know, comfortable and welcome. And so she's sort of like flipping out because she wants to know why she's in the front seat. Yeah. So it was a lot going on. Yeah, well, it gets to that, like you're saying, the immaturity level that he has to kind of not think ahead because, look, you're married now, you have a partner, and you have two children. You are the only one in this country and only an hour away from this place where all of you are supposed to live. Put it together. Just think about your family. Think about that's your obligation that you have now, and, and life is different, but, you know... I mean, I, I still like I still like Ji Hoon. He is a lovable person, but you know he is disappointing me big time right now. Yes, he has a lot of a lot of growth that needs to occur. So um, I think he's definitely going to be tested the next couple of mm-hmm. you know episodes to see if he's going to to step up. And I am curious to see what's going to happen once she finds out that um, he's not working full-time and not working multiple jobs um, as he stated before so I think that again going back to what I've brought brought up before about just sort of some of the trust issues um, in their relationship and I think that's going to make it really difficult for them to be able to recover Um, and obviously you know given his lack of ability to to provide and support them may influence Devin to like leave you know South Korea uh, much so mm-hmm. that he would probably like, which is why he, you know, mentioned, you know, telling these little fibs, quote unquote, yeah. um, in in a previous episode. Yeah, and you know what, Devin, I support you. If you have to leave, that's the best decision because you know, again, now you have children in the mix. Right. So this is not something that you can kind of hope will work out. You, you know, you have a great responsibility to these kids to make sure that you know everything is in order. So. I support you, Devin. If you got to go, you got to go. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So who do we have next? So let's talk about Tim and Melissa. So we meet the new couple. Um, I think this is the final couple um, of this season of 90 Day Fiance the other way. And so Tim is 34 years old. He is currently living in Dallas, Texas. And Melissa is from Columbia. She's 29. And so we meet Tim in Dallas, and he talks about, you know, growing up um, in the Midwest uh, for a, a couple of years, and that him and um, Melissa met um, sometime when she was living in the States, and she had to return back to Columbia. And he, you know, moved to Dallas and had been living there. He has his um, his pet cat, who he, he's shopping his support for. Animal, to, his support cat. Get, um, yeah, he mentioned support cat, and so I'm curious about, like, they didn't go into the the details about you know why he has this support um, animal. So I'm curious about like what's the yeah. what what's behind that. So hopefully we'll exactly. get to yeah. that. Um, but he's shopping for 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 his pet to make sure that the pet can sort of make that transition and, and the, the plane ride um, to Columbia. But he in the midst of this, um, you know, was was meeting with his friends to one tell them that he was getting ready to 
actually moved to Colombia, which they had not been aware of. And um, in the midst of like spending time with, with his friends and letting them know that he was getting ready to move, he drops a bomb and he mm-hmm. lets them know that he, um, in the midst of having this long distance relationship with Melisa, that he cheated on her with one of his coworkers. And mm-hmm. um, his friends were, they had a hard time, you know, hearing Oh, they let him have it. Yeah. They let him have it. They did. And so I, I think they brought up some really good points about, you know, trust and, and, and is that trust back in the relationship and are they going to be able to, to move past that? But I think one thing that sort of really caught me off guard a little bit, not that his friends were like giving him, you know, a hard time about his mistakes and, and rightfully so, but that one of his friends, and I don't recall her name, um, was like, felt like, you know, uh, he didn't deserve Melisa. And so now mm-hmm. I was curious about what are the dynamics of their friendship and, and have they maybe dated or something in the past? Look, I haven't cheated that? on, yeah, I have not cheated on anyone, but I have done things where I've messed up in life. And my friends have told me about myself, but they haven't been this hard on me. So it almost seemed like they were, they could, they could let Tim go and be friends with Melissa. And so I'm super curious what Melissa's like, because they painted her out to be like a saint. Like, mm-hmm. how could you do something like this, which he shouldn't have? You know, how can you do something like this to her? She's so sweet. She's not going to forgive this. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see what their relationship dynamic is going to be like. Um, but he knows he messed up. I mean, he cried several times during this episode. Um, so at least he recognizes, he knows I did wrong. I did so wrong that I'm going to leave my country wrong and go to Colombia. So. Yeah. And I think part of it, I think, you know, long distance relationships are hard. And, um, I, in my own personal life have, you know, tried to, to make a long distance relationship work. And for a long time, I, before I got into that relationship was like, I, I don't believe in long distance relationships. Mm-hmm. And part of it is that there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into long distance relationships. There's a lot that goes into relationships uh, yeah. in general. But I think, you know, for him to one, admit that he's done wrong, that is at least you're being responsible. Obviously, you know, it would have been better to not, you know, make that mistake. But I think he's um owning up to it. And he's also trying to to make things work. And so I think, you know, what's going to make it uh, reality is that if, if he's actually able to, to move past that, and if she's able to overcome, you know, his infidelity, I think that's one of the, you know, very difficult things to overcome in a relationship. And I know that being a psychologist and, and doing couples therapy with couples who have had experience with infidelity, that mm-hmm. um, to gain that trust back, takes a lot. And so I think they are going to have to do some work to be able to restore that trust, you know, once he does actually arrive in Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I add something though? I don't feel like I care that much about this couple. And maybe, (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I feel like they're coming on a little too late. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. You loved each other. You're going to go there. But like, I don't know, maybe it'll get juicy later or something. Mm-hmm. Just seems, I mean, the man was called Cheese Stick. 
So it just feels very like this this might be just a kind of boring couple to I don't it's not one of the couples to watch. So let's go to your favorite couple. Yes. <laughs> Ariella and Vinia. We are in Ethiopia. Oh, I Finally. love this. So Finally in Ethiopia. So we, we see Ariella and her mom. They're on the plane headed to Ethiopia. And she's talking about being nervous about what she's giving up and hoping Biniam recognizes it. And then, and let me tell you. So uh, for those listeners that may not know, I am half, I'm Ethiopian and I'm Black American. So in watching this, I, I don't get to see images of Ethiopia on US television. So to see the landscape, the city, the, uh, I mean, the only images we usually see is a famine and droughts of Ethiopia, at least in the United States, to see like the lush mountains and the greenery and just my people walking around. And oh, it was just, oh, I cannot tell you, even just hearing Amharic on US television. So Amharic is the national language. Hearing that on U.S. television, just my ears, it was just such a mm. beautiful representation. And then we have Biniam waking up in the living room. <laughs> and that's how we start. Uh, he, he lives with his brother and his brother's wife in a one-bedroom apartment. And he sleeps in the living room. And he starts giving us our, his background. So he's called Baby because he is the baby of the family. Um, and his parents died when he was pretty young. Like he says, 13, 14 years old, mm -hmm. they both died. Um, and, and he says that he's not sure of what it was some kind of illness. And, and this is something that's not uncommon. Um, I can at least speak for my side of the Ethiopian family is that oftentimes when people pass on, or if there's been something that's bad, that's happened. It's not that it gets swept under the rug, but it's much more present focused that, well, we can't change the past, so why talk about it? So oftentimes you don't know about some of these medical illnesses or family illnesses that might have happened because folks just don't talk about it. So when he said he didn't know, it didn't seem strange to me. It resonated. Also with him being taken care of, he says he's taken care of by all his family members. That's something that typically happens in Ethiopian culture, that it is something expected. It doesn't matter if all you have is a floor for somebody to sleep on. If that's your family, that's your family, and you take care of them. So it was nice to see that. And, you know, he shares with us that he has a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. My question, however, is do those jobs pay? Because his job is, as a personal trainer, he's a dancer in a club, and he's an MMA fighter. I don't know if he's a good MMA fighter. I don't know how much MMA fighters in Ethiopia get paid. I just have a feeling again because he's living in the cow or living in the uh, living room of his brother's house that it doesn't pay that much. Mm -hmm. So he's also a rapper. You forgot that that career. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, another soldier boy. That we have in the, I had that same the, thought. In the mix, you know, I was hoping it was going to be a beat, but. It was all right. It was, it was okay, this song. And yeah, so he uh, he calls himself Baby Cool. And Baby Cool was working on a track with his friends. And his, his friends are, are already suspicious of Ariella. They're worried that she's going to be the same kind of American woman that he had married before. Mm -hmm. And then we find out from him a little bit more information about his ex-wife. He was actually with her for about four years. 
and then she ended up leaving. And other than him saying that she didn't trust him, we really mm-hmm. don't have context for what happened. So right. I'm hoping that we get some information about, well, why was it that she left? Um, and he mentions that he hasn't, he seems sad too, that he hasn't seen his son in such a long time. So I'm, I'm just really curious about yeah. that. And I think that's that's the part that I was also curious about in terms of like why his friends don't um, trust Ariella. And so I'm wondering about like, is it because his ex-wife doesn't allow him to like see his son? And so now they're thinking like, well, if this doesn't work out, then you have another situation where now you can't see your kid again. So I think there's a lot of, of unknowns about their relationship. Um, but I think the other piece that I am curious about is you know he talks about wanting to propose to her after the baby is broke is born and um you know obviously like he's living with you know his brother and 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 his wife um right now so my wheels are spinning in terms of like one how comfortable is ariella going to be with like okay we have to live with your family um for right now and is she is she really is she really ready to like get married given you know her i don't know we still have a lot of unknowns about her past you know marriage as well so i think it's going to be interesting to see like what happens with them in terms of once she gets there and um you know they talk about sort of living situations and um you know her mom is also coming with her so we will have to see like what that transition is like in terms of him like welcoming her and sort of what uh her mom's actions are going to be like towards him and his Mm -hmm. family um and is it going to be like a repeat (laughs) of what we saw uh with um with jihoon and uh, Mm -hmm. and devin's mom um so it'll be interesting to see sort of what happens with them Yeah, it's been a, and this is a little bit of a tea for our podcast, but on the Ethiopian gossip networks that are talking about 90 Day Fiance, they have been focused on this couple. And so far, Ethiopians in the gossip network love her. They love her. They like her, like her attitude that she's a traveler and seems to be coming, coming in with like a, an open kind of heart. kind of and also knowing what she's going into i mean she's she's coming to somebody who doesn't have a lot of means and and coming to a different country so there's a lot of ethiopians really like her right now yeah but we'll see what happens and you know he mentioned that she's been there for him and so i'm also wondering like is that about like supporting him financially is it about her being there emotionally with him trying to deal with like not having contact you know with his son so all of those things I'm really interested to learn, you know, more about mm-hmm. in the next couple of episodes. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so and next finally. we have uh, Kenneth and Armando, which was very little in terms of what we saw of them mm-hmm. this episode. So basically, um, Kenneth was in Florida and he was saying his goodbyes to his, his, uh, his kids and his grandson. And, and it was a very... Um, emotional send-off for anybody. Even his his son, you could tell that he was, you know, having a really hard time uh, with him leaving as well. So um, that's pretty much all we saw. Armando hugging them and they were 
all hugged up together and then he got in his car and, and drove off, which I was like, okay, is he driving to Mexico? I know. <laughs> He's driving a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I feel that by the end of this, this couple will officially earn the couple most likely to make you cry award that we will have to give out. Because Every, even looking at next week, every episode feels like they have me in tears. Mm-hmm. Just them. So it's, yeah, this was, it was really sad. It was really, you could tell he loved his kids. You could tell he was so torn. Hat, and then he even described, I'm happy, but I'm so sad at the same time. Oh, yeah. I just want the best for Kenneth and Armando. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that things will work out for them. But I think as we've talked about before, that with trying to, sort of navigate being gay in Mexico, given some of the, the cultural norms around it, um, are mm-hmm. gonna be interesting for them to sort of figure out um, as a family. And obviously, you know, for Armando to, to figure out what his relationship is going to be like now with, with his parents and, and how comfortable and welcoming they will actually be, given that at least mom expressed being supportive, but also, letting um, Armando know that, you know, she can't speak for his dad and that his dad is, he's going to have to sort of allow his dad to sort of make his decision about how, how quickly or, or or how he will sort of welcome him, you know, being in a relationship, having a partner that's a man. Um, So that'd Mm -hmm. be interesting to see in the next couple of episodes. So Dr. Page. Yes, Dr. Turner. It's that time in the show. Yep, it's time for The Page Turner, where we share what we're most looking forward to in next week's episode. Um, What are you looking forward to next week, Dr. Page? You know, I hate to be predictable, but I'm looking forward to Ariella and Biniam. Um, Ariella, they finally see each other. He gets her from the airport and shows her to their new place. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about what that's going to look like. It already looks like it's uh, under her expectations so mm-hmm. far. So I want to see how she responds. And then I really want to see how her mother responds too. So I, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yes, I will definitely um, be on the watch for that. Um, but I am mostly looking forward to uh, my favorite um, person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Jenny and Summit. Ah. Um, and so we, we talked about last episode where she had these three requirements for Summit in terms of, you know, making sure that he had this divorce and, and she had the papers to, to, to see that um, and that he wasn't going to lie to her anymore. And coming up next week looks like she's going to come back and circle back around to say, hey, where are these divorce papers? And so um, I'm curious if, if he really does, you know, have some papers, which I doubt um, he has. <laughs> but is she going to walk away? I mean, she she gave him this sort of ultimatum, but I don't know if she's actually prepared to leave India. So I'm really curious about if she's going to um, to say, you know, until you get the divorce, I'm going to go back. Um, to the states yeah so much it's starting to get juicy now this this is that that reaches that point where we got all the introductions done and now we're at the stage of okay are these relationships going to work what's going to happen so this is an exciting part of the season for me 
Well, hope to see you next week, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. Give us your thoughts. Was it good for you? What other shows would you like to see us recap? Be sure to like us on Facebook and also share the episode. Thanks for joining us and join us next time on Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.